As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions. Looking at devoiding myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains, haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Oh. I'm never gonna give up, give up. You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. I'm never going to give up. I do uh, like to welcome you to the Tom Ficklin Show. My name is Bernard Macklin. Uh, Tom was so gracious to allow us to come on today uh, as he relaxes. Uh, so we're so grateful to Tom Ficklin at 103.5 WNHH. Uh, so I'm excited today because I have an opportunity to have two fantastic people on the show with me today as we talk about a healthy heart. And when I think about the month of February and when I think about uh, what February means, not just to, to to the women, but what it means to African-Americans as we celebrate a historical month of African achievements of Black people in this country and throughout the world, but also as we uh, deal with some very serious matters in our own community as it relates to medical equity. Uh, and that's kind of what we do. We are we are people that deal with the real the realism of dealing with people that really need to focus on the very important part of their life is taking care of that heart and your body. I'm hearing that this is National Heart Month uh, as well and, and doing all that you can to protect that very delicate muscle uh, in the middle of your chest. Uh, more to the left, uh, uh, and and making sure that it is healthy and pumping blood throughout the body to keep you going. But there's a lot that goes into that. And a lot of times as people, we just jump aside and don't take it very seriously when it comes to medical, medical equity. So today I brought in two of the best communicators in the city uh, that I feel communicate very well and do a fantastic job with getting a lot of important information out to the community uh, and both of them helped me very dearly in my position here with Southern Connecticut State University um, Department of Health and Human Services uh, through CARE. Uh, uh, one is a fantastic person. Uh, I met him maybe a couple of years ago for the first time, and we've been working very closely uh, since that time here at CARE with providing this community with very delicate information as it relates to vaccine equity as well and making sure that people get vaccinated. Uh, I, I came to Connecticut back in 2010, um, and Miss Miss Robin Moody was working in a different department at the time. Uh, and but we had a chance to meet each other, but we began to work a lot closer just almost two years ago, ago as well, uh, with part, making a partnership between us and Cornell Scott, which is very vital in the work that we do. They are our vaccinators. Uh, and Robin has come through multiple positions since that time, but now she sits in a very important position as she's communicating this information out to you. I thought, what a great month to just come and just kick it and just sit back and just relax and talk about the importance of something that all of you are very tired of. We know <laughs> you're tired of it. You know, we know you're very tired of it, but you know what? We can't let the, we can't take off the gloves yet. We can't take off the gloves yet. We are not out of the pandemic. I don't want you to get it twisted or get you to thinking that it just moved on. It has not moved on. 
And so we as people want to continue to communicate that to you. So I ask the both of them to come on with me today so we can just kick it with you and just give you some information that we feel is very important. But before we get started, I'm going to ask Robin first just to come on and just tell you a little bit what she does at Cornell Scott and kind of the things that she's into right now. Ms. Moody? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Robin Moody Davis. I am the Community Outreach Manager for Cornell Scott Hill Health Center. And what I've been doing is coordinating. Um, I started off doing the testing, but now we're doing vaccines. So we, um, we coordinate community wellness uh, clinics around the city, including Hamden, West Haven, um, sometimes Milford, um, and that is to bring access to our communities because there are some people that will not necessarily come into the clinic or into the hospital unless there is something wrong and then they normally go to the ER. So we're trying to open up that access um, to everyone in the community and let them know that we are here and you don't necessarily have to come in all the time sometimes we can bring some of that care to you. So we do the vaccine clinics, which allow us to provide vaccines, boosters, flu shots, as well as um, we do screenings for blood pressure. And sometimes we bring our other departments out, which allow us to do um, infectious disease testing. Um, we also are out and we can help people that need to get their insurance together. Um, so we um, provide a variety of different things in the community uh, as we open this portal. And that's a lot of work right there, opening <laughs> the portal. Uh, <laughs> and I see it all the time. I deal with uh, Miss Moody Davis all the time in the work that she does. I don't want to forget, well, I get to that part. I, I'm, I'm in, in the conversation, I come back to what I was just thinking. But I want to go right now to Jackson Higginbottom. Jackson and I have worked, we work in the same department. Actually, Jackson is our communications person in our department, as well as so many other things. But I want him just to come in and tell you some of the things about himself and some of the stuff that he's doing as well. So Jackson? Good morning, everyone. Um, as Bernard mentioned, I'm Jackson Higginbottom, and I am the Vaccine Communications Lead at the Community Alliance for Research and Engagement, um, also known as CARE. CARE is co-housed at um, Southern Connecticut State University and also Yale School of Public Health. And so um, during the last few years, we have really been working with community partners, um, the New Haven Health Department, Cornell Scott, um, and many others um, within the community to really work together and get make sure that the community is getting the information that um, is really vital around vaccines and um, other health resources that are available. And so, um, you know, I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to have both of y'all because you know what? <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny. We try to have a good time, people, as we try to do the work that we do, but I know how serious it is as well. Um, so a little laughter is nothing wrong with it, you know, to keep you going. So, you know, they know me by now. But, but you know, I want to get into this thing just a little bit. When I think about, when you talk about a healthy heart, when you think about the heart itself and actually showing love to the community uh, to help them to understand that we're not against them, that we're actually for them. Uh, kind of what do you think is important that the community should know about Cornell Scott, uh, Robin, to help them to really understand how much how much Cornell Scott really care about serving the community. Okay. So one of the things um, 
we really are trying to focus on is getting people in educated about healthcare and in doing so opening up those doorways and that communication um, to let people know that it's not just about when you feel sick preventative care that's a big big thing it can help save your life it can, you know, give early detection about different things that are going on. It can save you money. It can allow you to be there for the people that are most important to you. So preventative care is your checkups, your screenings, including vaccines. Um, all of that is a necessary part of being healthy, having a healthy heart, and having things checked out before there's a big issue. It becomes you know very good. difficult after mm -hmm. there's a major issue. Now um, you're into treatment instead. Uh, I love that. I, I I love that. You know, one thing that um I found years years past is people didn't pay a lot of attention to preventative services, and and you want to prevent something, prevent it. You don't want it just to stick right. up on you when it's too late. You know, especially when it comes to cancer and other more serious matters that people have gone through in their families with their parents and even even themselves. So actually doing that preventive services is key. Going to connect with a provider, getting to know a provider and letting that provider take care of you. So actually you don't run into something that maybe it'd be too late to take care of. Thank you, Robin, for that. Jackson, you know what the same thing, you know, when you look at it from a public health perspective, you know, being a practitioner yourself, a very excellent one, kind of what is your perspective when you, when you think about helping the community think about preventive care and, and how they can protect themselves in the community and, and involving vaccination, involving uh, plenty of other things. Yeah, um, you know, there are so many things that, you know, we often put it on individuals that, you know, they need to make sure that they are doing these things to prevent their health. But in public health, we are often looking at communities and populations and, um, Something that, you know, we see from the data is it's really important, you know, we talked about, again, on the individual level, how important it is to get the vaccines or to do, you know, have checkups or other exams. Uh, but we know it's important because we're looking population level, community level, of, you know, we're seeing these trends in the data of the people that are not doing these preventative things um, or who do not have access to these preventative things. Um, and that's really what pushes public health along is, okay, we're realizing large um, community member, you know, groups of community members um, are having, you know, this specific health condition. Where has the, you know, system society failed the community? What can they do to then, um, you know, put policies locally to, you know, fund these types of programs or fund these um, preventative resources and, um, you know, one really cost-effective um, strategy are vaccines. Um, and this is something that, you know, we all became really familiar with during COVID, but, um, you know, a new study recently came out that um, of over 5 million veterans, um, that they found that getting COVID can increase the chances of heart failure by 72% and the wow. chances of stroke by 52%. Um, and, so that just goes to show that, you know, it's really important to get these vaccines that can prevent these illnesses um, because 
it really not only within you know the disease itself, so not just the impact of COVID on your body and your heart, but you know it has long-term consequences too. And so it's really important to do everything that you can to you know prevent those long-term consequences. Everything Definitely. that you can. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, everything that you can. I kind of like the way he ended that. You know, doing everything you can. And that's why we're here. We're here to help you and provide you with things that you're going to need so you can be able to do everything you can in order to receive the services that you need. I I, I, I haven't been here longer than Cornell Scott. Cornell Scott has been here longer than I've probably been alive. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Almost near. They got a lot of years. I'm 54 right years. Like I think we're right there together when it comes to the number <laughs> of years that Cornell Scott has been here in this community. Uh, and, and not only that, how long public health has been working uh, very diligently in this community to provide you information that is crucial. Uh, one of the things that kind of get to me, y'all, that I like to talk about is everybody still dealing with uh, uh, the falsehood of what to believe and what not to believe. You know what I mean? What that 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 what we call it, Jackson, a disinformation and misinformation. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. And, and and I'm gonna have Jackson just come in just real quickly to talk about what disinformation and uh, 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 misinformation is, and how we can yeah. get around that. Yeah. So misinformation and disinformation, while they're sometimes used um, at, you know, to mean the same thing, they're slightly different. Um, disinformation is information that's being spread to intentionally mislead people. Um, and, you know, one classic way to think about this is, you know, of, um, you know, other governments maybe putting false information out to, um, you know, influence a country, or it could be businesses that are putting misleading information out so that, um, you know, more people will buy their product. Um, but misinformation is where the information is not true or it's misleading, and um, but the person sharing it doesn't know that. Mm, um, right. And you know, oftentimes misinformation is shared because people want to make sure that their networks, their friends, their family has as much information as possible about something that's going on, even uh, if. It may not be true, but that person doesn't know that it's not true. Um, you know, people share information um, because they sometimes think it's better just to share, and um, sometimes you know that can really have some consequences um, when it's you know misinformation that has to do with health. Um, and um, so, you know, there are some ways to go about it, but you know, I just want to say that like the number one way misinformation spreads is online. And um, it's often by people that have good intentions. Um, most of the time, people aren't trying to be, you know, to share false information um, to hurt you. Um, it's more so because this is the best information they have. And that goes back to the access conversation that we talked about earlier of for preventative services. But, um, you know, having access and you know connections and having trusted health professionals that you can talk to is really important um, and it really goes to prevent you know the spread of misinformation um, because now you have someone that you can ask those questions to um, and 
to ensure that you're not sharing false information. That is so important. That that and the reason I brought that up, and I'm glad he he spoke on it to kind of give you the difference between the two, is information in our community is being distributed to confuse people, to keep them confused, but also to keep you in a place where you're not really knowing the facts. And not knowing the facts, you make decisions on false and disinformation and misinformation that may be crucial to your survival and you staying alive when things happen in our community. Miss Robin, uh, Miss Moody, Miss Robin, uh, Moody Davis, I got, you got so many names I'm trying to keep up with. Miss um, <laughs> Moody Davis, uh, kind of like what are some of those things that in your time, I mean, you've been here, you've been doing this for quite some time. What are some of the things that you're still hearing when we think of disinformation and misinformation out in the community that the people should kind of stay away from? Um, well, I've heard some things um, from females um, that it will alter their ability to have children later on. Um, there's been rumors that it changes your DNA, um, that it puts a chip inside of you and my question to people when they say things like that is, okay, where where are the facts? Because sometimes when we don't, if there's a hesitancy about something, we're all, we tend to look for the negative. So mm -hmm. we're going to gravitate to the things that are negative because that's going to make us feel better about not doing it. If mm -hmm. if someone says, "Oh, it does this to you," it's easier to say, "Oh, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that." But if we try to look for things that are factual, things that can be proven. Meaning you're going to need to do a little investigation. You can't just take that person's word that said, oh yeah, you know, it's going to put a chip in you or you're not going to be able to have babies and you just run with it. We we can't do that because our health, our lives are at stake. So we have to do some investigation for ourselves to find out what is factual and get educated and then make our decision. Your decision may still be I don't want to do it, but now you can do it with a clear mind saying, I have all the facts I need to make this decision. This is not my choice, but then I have a plan, you know, that follows up for that. You know what? That's a great, that's a, that's a great point. Jackson, that makes me think about a couple of things, man. When she say that, I was listening very closely to what she was saying. When you talk about having the facts, you know, can you kind of tell us some places where can you grab these facts uh, where people can go to channels that people may go to uh, websites or things like that. People may go to, to find information just that they're just curious about something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say not to go to Facebook or Instagram <laughs> while they could be good sources. If you have, um, you know, if you're following um, trusted health organizations, but um, like Cornell Scott, but I would say to go to um, the CDC website. If you don't trust the federal government, then you know look at the state of Connecticut's web health website. Um, you don't trust the state's information, then you know look to trusted health um, organizations in New Haven, like Cornell Scott or Fairhaven, because um, I know they have a ton of health information on their websites. Um, and they often even have phone numbers that you can call to ask your questions. Um, and then also Yale New Haven Health has a lot of vaccine information and, you know, most like up to date health information um, from, you know, for a variety of um, research backgrounds. Um, 
And then uh, also um, CARE has a website called the Vaccinate. It's vaccinatenhv.org um, that has um, some vaccine information and um, places that you can get vaccinated within New Haven. Um, and then as always, there's the New Haven Health Department's website as well. I mean, and, and I'm just curious, um, uh, Ms. Moody, what is you guys' website for Cornell Scott? CornellScott.org. And so definitely nice and simple. Yeah, nice <laughs> and simple. A lot of information, people. It's a lot of places you can go. And and you know what? Because we care, you know, this is a month of caring. This is a month of history when it comes to positive things that we have done in this world. So we just want to make sure that we bring a lot of positivity to you all to let you know that taking care of you is the most important thing that you could do. And taking care of you, you nobody can take care of you better than you can. We can provide things, but if you don't utilize the very tools and things that are out there, you're just going to be left at a point in your life where if it doesn't matter, then it's going to show up. And then at that point, it might do, it might be too late if it matters or not. We want to get to you before it gets to that point where it's nothing that we can possibly do. Cornell has been around for 53, 53 years, actually Four. providing uh, information and services to this community in multiple places, you know what I mean? And now CARE has been around for at least 17 years uh, providing services, but we wanna provide this service to you in a way that you can benefit and, and, that, and that your families can benefit. But the only way things benefit, if you show up and get it, you know what I'm saying? And right. that's kind of why we're here. That makes me think about some things though, cause it's getting rough out here. It's getting rough out here. And something that uh, I thought about a lot uh, over this time that eventually this stuff is going to cost people money. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have insurance, you know, you got, uh, it's going to come out of pocket. Now I know Cornell Scott has a, a, a sliding fee scale. Yes. Uh, that can help uh, people that necessarily don't have insurance or need a little bit more help. How does that work at Cornell Scott? So um, we do have a sliding fee scale. And if you um, speak to one of our patient advocates, they will sit down with you and discuss a plan for you based upon your income levels. And um, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, also, um, for those that may or may not know, um, about a month ago, um, anyone that is undocumented and under the age of 18 is now covered with health insurance, which wasn't the case prior to about a month ago, um, as long as you're 18 and younger, um, insurance will be provided for, for that child. Um, also, I wanted to mention when you spoke about some of the resources and where you can go, Cornell Scott, we have COVID-19 um, uh, navigators out every day in the streets of New Haven, going in the um, neighborhoods. We're <clears throat> passing out information, but we're also there where you could speak to a real person face-to-face -face and ask them whatever question you want about COVID or, or general health care, um, more so about the COVID and the vaccines and the boosters, um, but they can definitely give you some um, 
referrals or phone numbers that you could call about any type of health or medical care. But if you have questions and you see them on the street, you feel free to stop them. I mean, if they give you a paper, you can ask them a question, but you also, you'll see them. They're always in their uniforms um, and you can ask them any question you might have on a personal level. And you don't have to um, worry about who's on the other end of a, a phone call or a website that you can't see that person. And you can see that person right there in front of you, their reaction, and communicate with them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jackson, I'm just curious. I mean, when it comes to the public health side, how are we looking to to, to keep this thing going? Um, how are we looking to help people, uh, especially uh, now that, you know, people are thinking that it's like the COVID is going to become more like the flu, uh, where it's going to be seasonal, where you're going to be able to get shot seasonal, uh, are we at that place yet or, or are we getting there kind of where are we in that area? Yeah, I mean, we are working towards, I think, really trying to figure that out. It looks like um, the FDA and CDC will be moving towards, you know, annual vaccinations for the COVID vaccine. Um, but I'm not quite sure that's been finalized yet. I, I really think that, you know, I, I know many people are ready to move on past COVID, but it's still, you know, really present in our communities. And, um, you know, many people are dying each year, um, every day from COVID still. And so, um, you know, while many people are able to move on, it's going to be the people that um, are under-resourced who do not have, um, you know, the immune systems that can really um, put up fights against COVID that, will, you know, really be um, impacted the most by us moving on without, um, you know, without you know, realizing that, you know, this is still here. Um, the, um, you know, for public health, there's, you know, al always, you know, some emerging health concern that's coming out. Um, over the summer, there was MPOX. Um, form, formerly known as monkeypox, um, you know, right now flu is um, picking up again. Um, and um, so, you know, we have these cycles, but, you know, I think it's just really important that people stay up to date with the latest information and, you know, find these, their trusted messengers of health information and, um, you know, like stay tuned in. There is, there are changes. I know it gets tiring. Um, and there's, you know, always a new variant of concern or a variant that's spreading. Um, but it's, um, you know, this is a, th this impacts the health of our communities. And I think, um, you know, we need to take it seriously, no matter, you know, what, um, you know, if the country is ready to move on past it, um, you know, it's still here if we like it or not. Robin, I, I um, if I can call you Robin, Ms. Moody Davis. Sure. Um, um, I'm just curious. I'm hearing uh, that now you might have to set an appointment with a doctor for testing. Uh, you know, is that is that something that's happening now? Or they still got centers they can go to? Or is it something that they need to, you know, if they want to get tested, that they actually have to set an appointment? Mm -hmm. um, to see someone? 
So right now, everyone still has access to the um, tests that are being provided by the, um, the government. So you can still order them. Um, you can still get some in parts of the city of New Haven. We still have um, home tests that we give out every event. We'll be giving out, um, we'll be having a campaign next month where we'll be giving out test the mass and basically like a little safety kit. Um, but in the near future, it is being stated that um, as this transitions, I won't say comes to an end, but as it transitions into a new um, period, it is going to be something if you need testing, um, it will need to be done through a primary care Position, meaning you will need to make an appointment and then they would have to order it for you. So that means, one, if you don't have primary care, you need to get it because otherwise it's going to slow down your process for anything. Um, so many different things require a primary care referral um, before you can be looked at for different specialties and things. And if you don't have that, you slow down the process, meaning that you are endangering your health every day where you're slowing something down that could have been done yesterday or a month ago. So again, with the preventative care, we want to bring people back into care. If you don't have a primary care or never had a primary care, seek one out. It doesn't have to be with us. It could be with anyone, but it, it, it is a necessity for your health. Um, but that is something they have been speaking about is that the testing will need to be done through um, making appointments with a doctor and having it ordered. You heard it first. I mean, at the end of the day, people, uh, I, I truly believe uh, in having my own primary care doctor that can care for me personally, a person that I can go to that ensure that I'm meeting my personal needs and making sure that I'm going to be here. Some of you parents, y'all got young babies. Y'all got young children um, that you have to look after. But if you're not here, who's going to be responsible for it? Right. You know what I'm saying? The babies. The babies need to be looked after. Don't 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 get it twisted. Don't, let's not get it twisted. These kids need to be taken to see their doctors too. They need mm -hmm. to be looked after and everything. So we need to get on top of that. We need to take that as something that's real serious and making sure uh, that we're getting our kids looked at. Now, with that with that perspective coming up, uh, Marvin, you guys have pediatrics at your clinics too, correct? We do, we do, and. Um... We um, we do have pediatrics and we are actually increasing our pediatric staff because we are um, including um, the pediatrics in our transition to the Q house. So that will be a service available for those of you that are in the Dixwell and New Hallville community. Um, we are transitioning over our Dixwell office over to the Q house and um, pediatrics along with other services will be available there. You should get those babies looked at. Uh, Jackson, from my understanding, it, 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 this year's been really rough um, as the flu, and, and I'm thinking I'm missing one, uh, one of the areas that I'm hoping you can remind me of that really affected our kids. So pediatrics is real serious right now. And kind of help our parents understand the importance from a public health perspective with getting your kids looked after. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. The um, 
you know, definitely over the winter and you know, going into the school in the fall, we were seeing these, um, you know, rising cases of RSV. Um, and also, um, you know, we've started seeing rising cases of flu. Um, and, you know, I'll pull the latest numbers just so we'll have it um, in a minute. I'll, you know, give you that update. But, um, you know, anything that we can do to keep people out of the hospital is obviously what we want to do. Um, we want to make sure um, people are getting the vaccines that they can um, use to you know, prevent some of these illnesses. Um, but there are many other things outside of vaccines that we can do. Um, you know, washing your hands often, wearing a mask, especially if you um, have been traveling um, or if you're around people that you are unsure of their vaccination status or, um, you know, immune um, health. You know, it's really important um, to do these other things to also prevent the spread of whether it's COVID or flu or RSV, um, you know, masks do work. Um, there are not harmful side effects of wearing a mask. Um, and as, you know, a lot of misinformation might try to spread, you know, it's really important to do all these things um, in combination to really keep our communities healthy. Keeping our communities healthy. Uh, that means taking care of every aspect of the communities, our babies, yourselves. And the best way to do that is, like I said, Robin Robin said it very nicely. She said, make sure you're connecting with a primary care provider. They have plenty of primary care providers uh, and they have plenty of clinics. If you don't know where their main clinic is right there on Columbus, 428 Columbus Avenue, you have, you have the Dixwell right there on Dixwell and they're transitioning over to the Q House. Not just pediatrics, but their internal medicine is, uh, I believe, is also going over to the Q House uh, to, to provide service, bigger space so more people can be seen mm -hmm. um, in that clinic. I'm real excited. Do, do we have a clue, Robin, of when that may be opening? Is it anytime soon uh, that you know about? Um, The last update we had, I believe it's towards the end of March, early April. So you know what, people, you hearing it. So somewhere around early April, we're gonna go with the early April. You know, they definitely keep keep your eyes on the news, keep your eyes in the newspapers. Yeah. Uh, with information coming out, I'm more for sure. Michael Taylor is gonna make sure that that information is in your in your mailbox to ensure that you can come over to the new spot that they're gonna have as they transition into the Q House. I had a chance to sneak peek over at the, at the space, and I'm telling you, it is beautiful. They've done yes. a wonderful job with creating such a medical environment that you are going to love for community people just like us uh, that deserve the best. That's one thing I, I want to make sure that we talk about is that you deserve the best. And I believe Cornell Scott, uh, I've seen them grow over the years. I've seen a lot of things that has transitioned over the years and they want you to have the best. They have plenty of programs over there. But one of the biggest ones that a lot of people miss is behavioral health mm -hmm. and behavioral health for children. Exactly. So um, I just want to clear something up because some people have the misconception that Cornell Scott Hill Health Center is for people that don't have um, income or don't have um, medical insurance, which that's not the case. We um, provide services to everyone, meaning 
we will provide service to those that don't have insurance with um and with those that need a sliding fee scale but we also provide um for people that are working everyday people that people that have uh commercial insurance we accept that as well um so there's no one that is going to be turned away and the services are available for everyone and we have a multitude of services um, we have dental, we have vision, we have women's health care, we have mental health, we have addiction services, um, podiatry, and as we spoke of earlier, uh, pediatrics. So um, we have a wealth of programs for the community. Uh, you're not going to find too much better, <laughs> in my opinion. services over there. You know, damn podiatry yeah. services over there. I know, I know. I used to be there, uh, and I and I still love them to this day. So they, whatever you need. But the thing is, is that it don't mean a thing if you don't go and take advantage of it. And that's kind of what we're talking about in this month of love. We want you to take advantage of all the things that you deserve to have, and stop turning away from it because of ignorance or because of what somebody else thinks that don't want to take advantage of it. Your health is the most important thing that should you be should be concerned about because you know what if you if you don't have good health you ain't going to work so your job ain't gonna mean too much to you you ain't gonna be able to get there so what we're trying to say in this month of love make sure you're taking advantage excuse me i got a got a cough i'm dealing with over here y'all please forgive me make sure you take advantage of that mm -hmm. okay jackson i'm just curious um with a lot of the work that you're doing, what do you feel are the most important things that people can take away uh, from this month forward? What should those, what should be some of the things they should pay more attention to? Yeah, you know, I think early on, um, especially in the year, you know, following the vaccine release, a lot of people, you know, tensions are high, people, um, you know, felt like the vaccine was being pushed on them in many cases. You know, there were a lot of efforts that um, ended up getting in a lot of people's face about the vaccines or rubbing people the wrong way. And, you know, I think um, while with any type of public health um, uh, program or, um, uh, you know, intervention, the um, there is that opportunity for you know it to be implemented the wrong way or um being um you know when we were going out doing door knocking obviously you know that was something that um was a bit intrusive and so we you know modified how we were um you know getting the word out about the vaccines and so you know if that was if things like that were rubbing you the wrong way um and you still have not gotten the vaccine um you know, I would really hope that, um, you know, it's not for us, you know, we are trying to make sure people have access to the information um, so that, um, you know, you can make the decision, like Robin was saying earlier, um, that you can get educated and get some additional information that you might not have had, you know, when vaccines first came out. And so we're really hoping that, um, you know, people just reconsider and have an open mind with, um, you know, looking at the data that's available um, 
you know, there's so much information out there and that, you know, I understand how it's can be overwhelming. Um, and, um, but you know, the reason the people like us on this call are doing the work that we're doing is because we really believe that, um, you know, these type of prevention measures can really improve your health, but also the health of the community. And, and protect the people that really you know, need that protection from that community health. Uh, yes. Tom, Tom gave me an opportunity to speak in December, and, it, and I just came on a call by myself uh, because that's some of the things that Jackson just shared really bothered me uh, when it comes to missed opportunities. And a lot of things he just shared is so important that we don't miss opportunities, opportunities where it may save your life. Mm. I don't want you to be the one that don't take an opportunity and you be the one that miss out and it may not save your life. Now, true enough, I know we are going to leave here at some point, no matter what situation in your life, something's going to take us up out of here. But where, where, where it becomes important to me is not too, not sooner than it need to be. Uh, if it's not your time, don't help it be your time when it's not your time by not taking the opportunities that we're presenting as a team. We're a caring team, caring team that's providing services to a community that deserves it. You deserve it. Miss, 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 Miss Robin Davis, Miss Moody Davis, can you, can you just help uh, Robin Moody Davis? Just help me. <laughs> Yes. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that right, Robin, at some point <laughs> today. Uh, can you just kind of help us understand from your perspective some of the things that if we were to leave here today, kind of what would you what message do you want to leave to this community that you think is very vital for them to know? Um, actually a couple of things. We still have some very vulnerable population pieces, people in our population. One, people or children that are relying on adults or their parents to make the choices for them. And the group of um, people aged like 18 to 44, no, 25 to 44, they are still very vulnerable because that that age group, that 25 to 44, for whatever reason, they feel like, oh, I'm too young. It's not going to affect me like that. It's just going to be a little cold. And it may be, it may be, but what the studies are showing that age group between 18 and 25 and 44, they are developing um, heart problems oh. at a growing rate. Every time we have a surge, that group seems to also have a surge with heart problems. Some of them have died. Some of them are actually just developing heart problems that will need to be treated with long-term treatment, medication, but there is a correlation. So yeah. people that think that, oh, if I get it, I just get it. You may be that one that if you get it, it means long-term life-threatening heart problems. So why you know, subject yourself to that if you don't have to? It's, um, you know, you need to do that maintenance and that preventative care. It's mm -hmm. just like when you have a car, 
you know that your car could break down if you don't do certain things. So you get the oil change, you check your tires, you do all these different things that make sure you have a smooth ride. So what about with your own life? Don't you want that smooth ride? Yeah. So the children, they're re- they don't have any choice but to rely on the choices that their parents make for them. So make sure you're making an educated and informed decision for your children, not just misinformation or disinformation. Make sure you do the research because it would be a terrible thing to find out later on there was something you could have done to prevent a condition that your child may develop. If, if you no. had done the preventative care, if you had done the screenings and the physicals and the vaccines. So don't don't let that fall on your conscience. You know, do everything that you can do now to prevent issues later. I want to add something to that. Yeah, I, I think in addition to, you know, protecting them so they don't get it. Um, you know, we're seeing more and more um, problems with people who are getting it multiple times, who are getting COVID multiple times. Um, and so, you know, I think some people might have had this, you know, misconception that, you know, once you have it, you you know mm. probably won't get it again. And that's not mm. the case, especially when there are new variants. And so, <laughs> um, you know, even some people think like, oh, you know, they just had it and they're kind of invincible for the next, you know, three months. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Um, and while your body does do a good job of putting up a fight within, you know, the first few months after vaccination, it's not impossible that the, um, you know, you won't get it again during that time period. Um, I went almost two years without getting COVID and then, um, I got it and then literally, um, exactly three months later, I got it a second time. And so, wow. um, you know, it's, we're seeing, you know, more of the long-term impacts of multiple infections. And um, there's also, you know, we're just at the beginning of seeing the long-term impacts. Um, and, um, you know, especially with COVID still spreading, you know, throughout our communities, you know, we don't know what to anticipate, but we know that um, you know, there are or worsened health outcomes with multiple infections. So really trying to prevent yourself and, you know, your children and um, those that you're around from getting it multiple times is really, you know, what we need to be doing right now. Um, because in a year, two years, five years, you don't want to look back and wish you had done something differently to, um, you know, prevent your family from getting sick, even if at the time you thought it was minor. So, right, right, yeah, excellent, excellent point. Uh, and so, once I say again, if I can actually get myself clear, the sun is actually coming out and making me disappear a little bit. But I'm here, people, and I, I, I think you've heard a lot today. Um, and as the government moves, how they're going to move, uh, we're letting you know that how important it is to get connected to primary care if you're not connected to a center here. If you're in the Fairhaven community, go to the Fairhaven clinics. If you are within the Cornell Scott geographical area, go to the clinics on State Street, go to the clinic in West Haven, uh, go to the clinic on Dixwell, go to the clinic on, on Columbus. If you're in the Derby area, the Derby and Sonia area, they have a clinic there as well. Um, and Sergeant Drives. 
Oh, don't let me leave outside to drive. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't there. That just came up since I left. But don't, don't let me leave outside and drive. You know, so there's a clinic somewhere for you to make that connection in order to keep yourself healthy. Yes, clinics may dwell outside of those places as we go forward, but that doesn't mean that you don't have places that you can go every day, set an appointment and go and see somebody uh, to ensure that those things are being looked after. You know, don't let pneumonia sneak up on you. Mm. you know, don't let shingles for those a little elder uh, or some of our elderly, don't let shingles sneak up on you. You know what I'm saying? Don't let COVID or the flu sneak up on you. They are prepared to they are prepared to provide those services for you. And between public health and between the medical side of public health, uh, and we're going to make sure you have every bit of information that you need. That leads me to this point before we leave this call. There are going to be people out in the community that that work directly with Cornell Scott, and they call it outreach workers. Mm -hmm. Our outreach team from CARE and our outreach team from Cornell Scott are canvassing your neighborhoods, even right now as we're speaking. Please don't turn away from them. Give them an opportunity to stop and talk to you. Uh, they have information that we feel is important for you to have on upcoming events, uh, medical information that, that we feel is important for you to have, uh, just so you know where to go, who to see, who you can see, to make sure every aspect of your life is being taken care of. Both of you, Ms. Moody Davis, I thank you. Uh, Mr. Higginbottom, I thank you. To the both of you, we thank you uh, that you were able to come on and share this information today. People, don't take a chance if you don't have to. Yes. Step up, step out to ensure that your life is met. Anything you guys want to share that I, we might have missed? Anything else before we say goodbye and thank you for everything that you all are doing in the community? But if there's any, any last minute thoughts that either one of you may have? Yeah, I just wanted to share the CDC um, at the beginning of February um, put out an announcement of a new program called Increasing Access to Test Community Testing. Um, and so um, I will share that link right now. Um, or it's let's see. Sorry about that. I thought I had it ready. Um, if you go to the CDC's website, um, you can find the testing program. Um, and this will be no cost testing for everyone. Um, by You just enter your zip code and you can find testing sites in your community. Um, you don't have to have insurance. And so just wanted to add that as um, a new resource. I know it's been difficult with a lot of testing locations closing around the city. Um, and so um, just uh, wanted to plug that resource. Make sure you take advantage of every resource, as we mentioned, that comes to you. You're great people and we love you. But when you hug your loved ones this, this, this Valentine's Day, you love them with proper medical care. Yes. Get them vaccinated, get them connected to a primary care provider, get them connected to a center that's near you, and making sure you're doing your follow-ups. Don't be in the don't be a statistic when you don't have to be. We love you. And all I would say to you is uh -huh. take care of yourselves. All right. All right. Peace. Thank you, Brad. Stay safe, Bye, everyone. everyone. Yeah. 
As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa.